get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Joining Michelle and Randy is Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, ESPN.com. You see him, you read him, you hear him. He's on all the platforms. Jeremy, thanks so much for taking some time with us this morning. How are you doing? Hey, no problem. Doing well. Thanks for having me. Well, we both really enjoyed your uh, your piece on Deshaun Watson. We'll, we'll reveal to you that Michelle and I, during the season, decided to become Dolphins fans because we don't have a team here in St. Louis. And Deshaun Watson okay. would be an interesting fit with the Dolphins, wouldn't he? He would. Uh, there's no doubt when you have uh, – you add up all the factors. I mean, you have a team with an exciting young coach – He's built a new culture there. They're on the cusp of the playoffs. They have the third overall pick. They have multiple first-round picks this year. Um, I think that's why they're so heavily implicated in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes should he be on the trading block. It's an important distinction to remind that he is not uh, being shopped. He hasn't been traded. Uh, the team wants to keep him, so we'll see what happens. But if if they do, I do believe Miami would probably be one of the first calls. And we remember, Jeremy, Obviously, the Rams getting the three first-round draft choices for RG3 and the Goff and, and Wentz trades. And yep. you mentioned at least three first-rounders. I, wouldn't you think that it might even be more than that, especially with, with the Jets having uh, a guy like uh, Sam Darnold and the Dolphins having Tua? Wouldn't you think it would, because of a guy that led the league in passing this year, that it would be more than three first-rounders? It could be. It could be a package of, like, say, three firsts and a two or a day two pick. Or it could be uh, that if you are the Jets and have, say, the number two overall pick, um, that that would be one of your three, knowing that, you know, if, it, if it's just three first-rounders, one of them would have to be high. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so, and it depends on how new GM Nick Casario feels about this quarterback class. If he's not really high on Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or those guys, then it's probably sort of a moot point, you know? You need to be able to get quarterback return uh, in, your, in your equity process. So, um, but it's uh, if, if Jamal Adams and Laramie Tunsil and guys like that are going for two first round picks, Deshaun's going to go for a lot more. Yeah. Jeremy, you have another great piece up at ESPN.com about potential quarterback movement this offseason. The Colts are a really intriguing opening with Phillip Rivers announcing that he's officially retiring. What quarterback do you see under center for the Colts next year? Well, a lot of pieces would have to fall into play, but I do see Matthew Stafford uh, as being a target. Um, it, it just it makes too much sense. He's only 32. His contract is reasonable. The Colts are probably out of range to get the right signal caller in the draft this year for when he in the draft. They don't have a high first round pick, so to me, it adds up. Um, I, I don't necessarily think they would go the Carson Wentz route, and, and it looks like he's probably staying at Philly at least for now. So. Um, now, look, Detroit might not want to trade Matthew Stafford. He's a top 10 to 12 quarterback based on talent and ability and all those things. And so new coach Dan Campbell might like that stability. But it's been 12 years. It hasn't really worked in Detroit. So I, I could see him being so open to a rebuild. 
ESPN's Jeremy Fowler with us on 101 ESPN. Let's spin it ahead to this coming weekend. First of all, what are you hearing about Mahomes beyond the concussion issue, but the foot as well? So I think the foot is fine. It's, it's pretty minor. It, it might affect his mobility a little bit. <laughs> Excuse me. But uh, I, I think that's something he can play through with no problem. The bigger issue is the concussion because he has to go through stages. That's not something that he can, quote, play through. So, uh, But all signs are good. Today, they'll probably give him a little more on his plate as far as the practice session, You know, assuming he passes uh, all his tests today. And it seems to be turning in the right direction. When you look at the NFC Championship game, Jeremy, there's a lot of storylines and a lot of intriguing matchups. But taking the two iconic quarterbacks out of the conversation, what's one matchup that you think could be a real X factor in this game? Oh, you're talking about the Packers Bucks? Yeah, excuse me, Packers Bucks. So for me it's really the the Bucks front seven is great at stopping the run and the Packers are at their best right now uh when they're really when they really have that run game going or it's not all on Aaron Rodgers. So that to me is gonna be fascinating, just the banging up front that's gonna happen. Um if the Bucks can stop the run, it, it puts an interesting onus on Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's gonna have to kinda do his thing which we've seen him do many times, um, and the Bucks are a little bit susceptible in the secondary. So it's that whole chess match uh, that, that I'm most fascinated by. And then, um, you know, with the Bucks side of things, they have uh, Antonio Brown, who's been day-to-day with a foot injury, and he hasn't really been overly impactful so far, uh, at least in the Saints game. So I expect a potential bounce back for him if he can get back in the lineup feeling good. He's got a good chemistry with Tom Brady. You know, they're going to kind of load coverage toward Mike Evans and Chris Godner and all those guys. So Antonio Brown could have a big day. Uh, speaking of the, the Packers offense, I was a little bit surprised last weekend that they had the success specifically in the running game that they did with Bakhtiari out. Uh, what did yeah. you think of the Packers offensive line performance against the number one defense in the league without their best offensive lineman? Yeah, they've been good all year, really. Um, you know, Bakhtiari is a good player, but they, they've got good depth there, and their offensive interior line is really solid. Like Elkin Jenkins, um, you know, those guys are, are young, emerging players. Corey Lindsay, the center, like they're, they're stacked up front of them, so they feel like they can get yards right through the teeth of a defense right now. I wanted to ask you another question, Jeremy, about rumors and things going on off the field. Philadelphia had a lot of things happening there. It was kind of a hot mess for a while. It seems like they're zeroing in on Josh McDaniels to be the head coaching candidate to replace Doug Peterson. What do you think about that potential match there? Is is Josh McDaniels the guy you think can turn things around in Philly? You know, that was difficult to uh, decipher because when you take Tom Brady out of the equation, the numbers are not good for Josh McDaniels. I mean, this year, uh, I think they ranked 27th in total offense when he was with the Rams once upon a time. Not very good offense. Um, he drafted Tim Tebow in Denver. You know, like he's he's an interesting situation, but at the same time, he's grown a lot and done a great job for Bill Belichick over the last near decade now. Um, so, I, you know, he, he's he's an impressive coach in the sense that Chris Ballard, the GM in Indianapolis, who was uh, very well respected, was ready to hire him a few years back. So that must say something. He's got a lot of good people vouching for him. Um, so I think it can work potentially. And Carson Wentz needs a new set of eyes, a new offensive coach and system to guide him for the future. Uh, but, you know, that said, we haven't really seen McDaniels do it on his own yet, aside from Tom Brady or Bill Belichick. So uh, I think he can do it, but it's still an unknown. 
head coaching jobs are rare commodities, so people are going to want to take those openings regardless of the circumstances. But do you think having Carson Wentz as the quarterback there, because it does seem like he's going to stay, is desirable for a potential candidate? Because with all the reports coming out of Philadelphia, it's not really painting him in a great light. And you couple that with his performance on the field. It seems like it might be something that makes a candidate take a pause. Yeah, it could, certainly. I mean, the Eagles and Texans jobs are open, and they're also considered probably the two worst jobs of the seven that have been open. So that is telling to me. You have the Jalen Hurts dynamic. What do you do with him? Um, Do you trade him knowing that Carson Wentz is probably going to have an issue with Hurts being there? And that's been well documented now. And Hurts has had, or excuse me, Wentz has had issues with a lot of things, it turns out, uh, including his head coach. And so you wonder, like, are you walking into a good situation as a head coach with your quarterback that's had some problems, but you know the ownership there is fully supporting? So, you know, that said, I mean, I think Wentz works hard and has a ton of talent still. You know, if he can get his confidence back up and you can kind of uh, revive him as the new head coach, that's a good feather under your cap as well. You know, I think that's a challenge that some coaches would welcome. Jeremy, I have to believe that uh, there's a little bit of distress at the league office in the that there has not been an African American head coach hired in this cycle. Number one, does Bienemy have a chance in Houston? And number two, what sort of consternation do you think Roger Goodell and his lieutenants have right now because yeah. of what's happened here? Yeah, you're certainly on to something with a consternation. I really believe that the league is making some phone calls this week. You know, they can't control what who owners hire, certainly, but. Um, they're trying to make clear that there are a lot of good candidates out there. I, I do believe Eric Bieniemy is a strong candidate for the Houston job. I know that new GM Nick Casario has done his homework on Bieniemy. He's made some phone calls about him. Um, so, you know, they're at the least taking a hard look. Uh, and that would go a long way with Deshaun Watson as well. So we'll see. You know, there hasn't been a lot of movement on the Houston front. I wonder if that's why, you know, maybe they're waiting a little bit to talk to him after his AFC championship game. Todd Bowles, I think, has a chance in Philadelphia, too. So that would be another minority hire, potentially, uh, if it doesn't go McDaniels' way. So still some options, but it's been predictable on that front. You know, you you have owners who want to hire a certain way, even though there are a lot of qualified black candidates out there. Jeremy, great stuff. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Good to talk to you, and hopefully we can do this again. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. Have a good day. You too. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior reporter for ESPN.com. You see him and hear him on all the platforms. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? 
Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.